Introducing Graduan's latest initiative, the Graduan Go podcast, where Team Graduan meets with the brightest minds from corporate Malaysia. Join us every week as we'll be talking everything from your first job to life outside of work and how you can make the most of your career. Only on the Graduan Go podcast, available on Spotify and more. Hello, good evening everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the last webinar for today, second day, I mean the third day of Grad and Aspire, featuring RHB on building a career in data science and analytics. I'm Dania from Graduan, and with me today we have our speaker, Nick Han Chong Min, a senior data scientist for a group of analytics of RHB. With 13 years of ex- professional working experience in data analysis, statistics, and modeling, Today, Nick will be sharing the skills needed and the career path as a data scientist or data analytics and many more. So make sure to keep watching and do share your questions in the chat box as Nick will be answering all your questions live during this session. So without further ado, I will now pass the floor to Nick. Okay, hi, good evening, everyone. So uh, let me share my screen. Okay, so... um. So we'll be talking about um, career building in data science. So I'm Nick, I'm senior data scientist. So here are the agendas that, that I will cover today. We'll talk about some brief introduction about myself again. We'll talk about data science in financial institutions. Then we'll talk about the main things that like uh, building a career in data science and analytics. Then I'll close and do a Q&A session. So, so going next. So, yeah, so this is about me. Sorry, I'm, am I born in 1986? Yes, I am that old. I am uh, currently 100% Malaysian. Uh, currently working, previously I was working in Western Digital in 2009 until uh, 2019. So I joined RHB in 2019 and I'm still here. I love to cook. Uh, thanks to COVID, I have ample time to cook, right? And also I game a lot. So, so at the bottom left, this is a picture of me. Uh, with a slightly longer hair, so lesson learned to everyone, do not get your hair cut uh, two days before important events such as this because your hairstylist might mess it up, right? So let's go next to the next slide. So what is data science, right? Data science is, according to Wikipedia, is an interdisciplinary field that uses scientific knowledge, uh, processes, algorithms, and systems to attract uh, knowledge and insights from noisy, structured, and unstructured data and apply to actionable insights and from data across a broad range of application domain. That is a very long sentence, but uh, let, let, let's hear data science from my view instead, right? People often confuse data science as uh, something very complex, something you, for example, you need to write a very complex uh, Python script, uh, some very insanely uh, rocket science mathematics. But actually, in the real world, data science is not like this, right? Um, data science is meant to create impact, impact into your real into your organization to solve real business problem. So, what kind of impact that data science could give? For example, uh, in the financial in the financial world, it, the impact can come in various shapes and forms, right? It also can, can be, for example, the next credit card campaign that you want to launch. Who are the customers that you do you need to target? What is the, cam- uh, the, the campaign mechanics behind it, right? So all of this, right, can be derived uh, through data and analytics itself. So, um, for example, uh, but at the core fundamental of it, 
no matter uh, what kind of uh, insights or whatever we derive, but data is always being the, the foundation of everything. So next, we will go in some examples of uh, application of data science in financial institutions. So we start on the top. We have uh, risk data aggregation and reporting. So these are things that we, we, the bank usually have to do to fulfill the Bank Nagara, where we provided data to, to for, for central bank. We also use uh, machine learning and, and modeling for AML, entry money laundering, and also for compliance. So over here, we built a, a machine learning model to detect um, uh, what you call uh, money laundering in place. So we also detect uh, mill accounts, for example. Uh, on the right hand side, we have also various, uh, we have built models to detect various kinds of fraud. For example, suspicious login in your uh, internet banking or mobile banking, right? That will cover under uh, fraud and also cybersecurity. At the bottom, we have financial trading. Uh, we, we use models, uh, for example, for robo advisors. Also, we, we also use uh, data for uh, payments, consumer behavior management, and also wealth management itself for what kind of uh, people that we should target. For, for the wealth, certain wealth campaigns. So in terms of data, there are a lot of use uh, of data in the financial institution right now. Next. So we'll talk about some key roles of data science and analytics in RHP. So at the top left, uh, we have data engineers. So data engineers, just imagine data engineers as architects. So they are the one uh, setting up the initial building block of our data, data warehouse itself. So uh, what is their main role? So besides maintaining the server, uh, besides uh, making sure the performance is there, the accuracy is there, they are the main person setting up the entire database and filling it up with, with important data. Important data for people like me as a data scientist uh, that is going to be for us to work our magic on it later on. So at the bottom left, we have data scientists. So data scientists are people like me that uh, uses data to solve business problems. For example, uh, that which now I put on the next uh, camp, uh, next credit card campaign, or it can be pe uh, people that most likely to take up a product. We could build model around that kind of behavior and let the machine let us know which one would be the most likely possible target. So in terms of uh, the field, uh, data scientists in RHB in my group covers a various uh, various departments such as retail banking, SME banking, insurance, retail securities, and also uh, functional areas such as fraud and compliance. Recently, we also covered to up to the field of HR to study the what we call people analytics or, on human behavior. And the top, the top right corner, we have our campaign management specialists. So these people are the main executor of campaigns. They are the one that most likely uh, be the one uh, communicating to the uh, selecting the channel to communicate to communicate to the customers. Also, they also deal with uh, bringing up uh, whatever stuff that we did in a data as a data scientist to the real world. Uh, certain people might be familiar as what they call the ML ops uh, in the data science field. Then finally, we have uh, the bottom part, which is our data science, AI, and innovation experts. So these groups of people are also data scientists, but they are more focusing on the capability building for, for, um, for example, enabling uh, certain Jupyter notebooks or enabling TensorFlow in the data in, in the environment so that data scientists like me could utilize it to solve the actual business problem. 
So that is uh, the four core pillars, right, of what exists in RHP under the data science and analytics field. Okay, so I'll go next. So here, so here comes the, the, more, the more important part, right? So I've split the, the whole part into a three series, right, of uh, building a career in data science and analytics. So we first, we're going to talk about wanting the job. Then after that, we're going to talk about getting the job. And finally, we're going to talk about doing the job itself. So uh, here we go. So wanting the job. So I'm pretty sure majority of you over here are going to graduate soon, or some already just graduated, or even some that are here because they want to take a look at uh, prospect change, right? So these are the questions that you will usually uh, get go through your mind every time that you're, you, you're looking for a job, right? Right, is this job for me? Right, whether can I do it well? Right, I have no clue on programming. So all of these questions are very common and it usually will pop up every time, especially, especially when you are uh, joining in the working field for the first time. So I'll share a bit of experience, right? Uh, I previously mentioned I've worked in the factory as an engineer for the past 10 years, right? And then I took a leap of faith, a leap of faith to change from uh, manufacturing to financial field as an engineer to a data scientist. A lot of people told me that I'm actually quite crazy to do that because I literally just burn all my experience and knowledge away. But to me, that's not true. As a data scientist, uh, data being data, whether is it coming from, a, for example, a financial field or a, a manufacturing field, it's still the same. It's all numbers and characters. Uh, the You could use this as a benefit instead of uh, a disadvantage because you will be looking at things at a different perspective, uh, much comparingly different. If let's say if you compare yourself to a data scientist in the financial field for the past thirty years, he might not discover insights that you could because you have a different kind of uh, perspective of things, right? And then people also tell me that working in banking is you will go through a very long hours, right? Things move very slow because it's a very big organization. And also implementing new stuff, which is the core of data science, is very hard. But from my three years and almost four years experience over here, right, which is actually entirely different because uh, the way of how RHB work under the agile agile working principle, things move a lot faster, right? And also we are free to uh, we are given the empowerment under agile to voice out ideas and to voice out our uh, uh, concerns, right? Whether you are you a senior management or you're something for, for a working level, uh, they will still take based on this uh, working principle, all uh, all comments are valued. So it, to me, things works very fast. So it's very different than what we thought. So going next, um, what are the skill sets that uh, I feel that a good data science or anyone in the data science field should have, right? One is uh, on the patient side. Because why patience is important? Patient is important because for the hours that you're going to spend finding that missing comma, missing, uh, missing hyphen, all the science tech issue that you're going to face, right? Because learning, I believe that learning uh, a programming language and learning a linguistic language is actually the same. All you need to do is keep on practicing. The more mistake you make, that's the more faster you will learn. Uh, I quote example for Elon Musk, how Elon Musk uh, blow up rockets on a monthly basis because it's faster for you to learn when you start failing. The same principle you, you will need, the same principle you will have, right? If you start learning a programming language, you will need to keep on trying, right? So the next, which brings me to the next part of the skill sets that I feel that you guys should have 
which is the curiosity part, the thirst to know more. As you, as a good, as a good data scientist, you should have the knowledge and also the the thirst to know more about something so that you can derive new insights. Second, third, thirdly, you openness. Openness comes in a way that you can look at things at a different perspective. Often, this one uh, will re will rely mainly on your characteristics as well. Uh, and finally, on the non-technical side, we'll be talking about creativity. Creativity is, I term it as the ability for you to connect the dots, the, 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 the power for you to translate a business problem to an analytical problem, because through analytical problem, you can solve the problem uh, using data. So that covers the, the four most uh, important skill sets I feel that for a data science person should have. Uh, next, we move on to the more technical side, statistical knowledge and machine learning. So these are the core fundamental of any machine learning, right? Especially in uh, machine learning itself, the very basic, if you open under the hood, right, is actually all about statistics and probability. Then final, then next we'll talk about Python and R. So Python is one of the more common uh, languages you guys will see if you enter the working world. If you are entering the academic line, you will see R more. So this, there's a, uh, both programming languages are very strong, but they serve, uh, to me, they serve a different purposes. Uh, Python for more working uh, life, R is more for more academic life. And then finally on uh, SQL. SQL, you will notice it uh, being pulled off everywhere for data extraction. Whether you use SAS or use any kind of other language, SQL will always be a common language that is going to be inside every single kind of programming. So that is some of the key skills that I feel uh, for someone that in data science should have. Next, we'll talk about our great. Just now we talked about wanting the job, right? So great, now that you want this career, right? So how do you ace this interview, right? Um, importantly, there is, you should have a good CV, but I'm not going to talk about CV today because um, this is not a CV writing uh, session. Uh, the next part I want to bring up is a good GitHub. So a, what is a GitHub? A GitHub is a repository for you to share uh, your well, machine learning or your programming uh, previous jobs. You can display your, your previous work on certain use cases, and it's a very good platform to, to let people see what have you done before. To me, as an interviewer, and also uh, especially when I interview data scientists, right, I always give extra points for people that put up the effort to set up their GitHub to show me what, uh, what have they done before. Because to be honest, that is the only way I can really, really verify your maturity in terms of uh, when you say you, you are good at Python. right? And it's not fair for me to judge your Python capability during an open interview where I give you like 15 minutes to go and try to write a Python script under the pressure that I am doing interviewing you questions. So I believe that uh, technical assessments uh, besides uh, doing it, also there's a, there's a good place that you should have a, a repository like GitHub right, to display your previous work. Then finally, uh, commitment. Often I, I believe that um, very committed people definitely will succeed in life. So show that you are committed, committed to the organization that you're going to be working on, committed that you are going to solve that kind of business problem using data. So to me, that will be the most uh, critical things that you should have uh, to, in order to pursue this career. Next. So yeah, you ace the interview, right? Then you got the job. 
right? So this is going to be you at first day of work. Everyone will be a homer at the first day of work. Uh, maybe some of this are uh, coming from a different generation, but uh, you will be looking at like this every time that you change uh, your uh, organization or when you just join a new company or maybe after you graduate, this is your first job. You will be getting into this situation every time, right? Believe me. So I remember my first day working in RHP, right? Uh, I was Homer in this in that situation, right? I was like looking like this, like for the first few hours, right? Because everything was moving, everyone was talking. Uh, there are people writing uh, machine learning models. There are people uh, in meetings because everything is going on everywhere, right? So you will have that kind of feeling, which is normal. I remember my first day, I was clueless about everything in the bank, like what kind of data exists, what is, how do I do this, how do I do that. But I was excited besides clueless, I was also excited and very, very, very curious. Curious about what data exists in the banking world, curious about what I could do with those kind of data and what kind of problems I could solve with this kind of data, uh, what, kind of, what kind of problems I could solve with this kind of data. So next we'll talk about... Um, doing the job, right? Expectation versus reality, right? Expectation itself, uh, I think everyone will try to imagine yourself right? after you graduate, you'll be spending like 75% of the time building a machine learning model, right? And then maybe 10% or 20% of the time, you'll just be doing the data extraction and data cleansing. But in the reality, right, it's actually quite different. Majority of your time, right, for data extraction and data cleansing will, be, will cover almost 70% of the time. Because as a good data scientist or someone in data science, you should understand that when you build a machine learning model, uh, garbage in, garbage out. So for you to get the best model, you need to ensure that uh, your data extraction is done on point, your data cleansing is done on point, and all your feature engineering is done. The model building part is actually the easy part. right? You normally, it will take about 10% of your, your time just to do it. And then finally, which is the one that I realized a lot of... Uh, data scientists uh, or other people in data practitioner does, does not fare well, is to convert it into slides. Because uh, the fact is, you will need to communicate all of this information right back to the stakeholders, the business, the CEO, the CFO, and, and so on. Because no matter what model or how accurate your model can be, if you fail to deliver it to someone uh, as into layman terms, right, so that your CEO can understand, your project or your, your research will go nowhere. So that's why that's what I feel that a lot of people are not, uh, what do you say, are not focusing enough in order to un to to un translate their technical skills into uh, something someone layman can understand. So that is the expectation versus reality. I remember during my time after I graduated as an engineer, every all of us, I think including my friends, after we graduate as an engineer, we all thought that we're gonna look like Tony Stark. Right, we're going to build, build, build the next Iron Man suit. But after working 10 years in, as an R&D engineer, right, uh, I've never actually touched a physical uh, hardware before. All that I do, all my R&D work, are all based on data. So that is the actual true fact between ex expectation and reality. The same thing happened again for, for when I started to do the data science portion where I thought I'm going to be spending majority of my time writing that complex Python script, but it's not. Majority of your time, you're going to spend cleaning your data, right? understanding your data. That will be the key between your expectation. Uh, what's your expectation versus reality? 
next. So yeah, so I, so that concludes almost the 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 three series part, right? Of talking about whether you want the job, whether you are uh, how are you gonna get the do the job, how are you gonna ace the interview, and how what is the difference between the actual and the the reality and expectation, right? So what is in data science in the future, right? As the digitalization getting more and more common, uh, there will be explosive amount of data. Just imagine right now the cell phone that you hold right now is generating tremendous a lot of data. Even now, even when you check in on something on social media, there is a lot of data being uh, being generated. And the demand of the people in data science field will continue to be very, very high because we need people, right? New people and new creative way to discover data and to provide important insights. That's why all of this, for example, all of this responsibility definitely will, re will rest on the shoulders of graduates, just like you guys. Because, for example, uh, you might be the next person in this cover, right? In Time Magazine, this could be you, right? Data scientist as one of the sexiest jobs in the 22nd or 21st century. Who knows? This might be you. It, for example, it also can be you giving this speech, right? In the next two to three years, you guys will be giving speech or for your organization talking about data science and how, how it has evolved right now. So I, I try, I will end this with uh, some uh, interesting quote that someone said, which I forgot, right? To do something you never had, you need to do something you never did. So this is important for people that are thinking about switching fields, right? Try to take that leap of faith. Uh, it might work, it might not work, who knows? But most important thing is you go and try and, and, and try to be yourself. Then I will uh, talk. This is so under, so thanks for listening. I know it's a very short because I want to leave more time for questions and uh, Q&A because I believe a lot of people have questions on especially what is, data science about in the, in the bank. So uh, just a quick promo. There are a few job openings in undergraduate. There are internship programs and there are RHP graduate programs. And there are also specific uh, analytics graduate program under my purview that we uh, take in fresh grad and also train them to be data scientists. So under that program, um, candidates will be, uh, will be going through uh, different roles in data analytics, for example, uh, as a data engineer, as a campaign uh, specialist, as a data scientist, we will rotate you around so you get a full understanding of the whole uh, analytic journey. So that is something that you guys can look forward. You can look for Putri on my HR to talk about it. So basically, I think that is the main uh, stuff that I want to talk about. I want to leave more time for Q&A. Um, that's all. Thank you. Uh, yes, uh, let's take a few questions from the audience. So I'll jump. I can't really hear you, sorry. Oh, can you hear me now? I'm uh, now much better. Okay, sorry. Yeah, okay, we've received a few questions from the audience. So the first question was from Wong Kin Yuan. The question was, beside Python, R, or SQL, what are other software or programs should a data scientist learn? Okay, okay, sorry, let me unshare. So uh, as a data scientist, basic SQL, Python, and R will be your most fundamental. There are um, more, how to say, intricate programming language that you should pick up. For example, uh, I can think of for the time being, um, I think some other deeper one like JSON, how to extract JSON, uh, Elasticsearch. Um, but pretty much if you ask me, 
Python R and SQL will get you 80% of the way already. You could do, you can take more, but as an entry level, I think if you can master this two of it, either Python or, or SQL, you should be more than more than better and, and ready for the job already. Well, he has another question actually. So yeah. what projects should a data scientist show besides FYP? This, that's what I said. Uh, if you do guys do uh, ad additional, how say, additional tasks, like for example, you join Kaggle competition for certain programming. Kaggle has a lot of uh, competition, right? You can join. Uh, pass, pass it. FYP is definitely one of the key uh, side projects uh, in your GitHub. Like I mentioned, in your GitHub will be very, very, very important um, because that's the only way that I can view it, right? That's the really only way. All right, thank you. Moving on to the next question uh, from Norshadatu Shafira. Uh, so her question was, as someone who's changing career, she would like to know what, what would be the first step to do to become a data scientist because she has a degree in science. So she would like to know if there's any program that you have joined recently Mm -hmm. And, you know, are online certificates and self-learning capable, to, I mean, uh, to make the candidate qualified enough to get hired? Okay, so so starting first, right, maybe I'll split it up to, to, to two sections. One is on the non-technical side. Non-technical side is we're talking about when you change your field, you need to be, for example, uh, very open to uh, be very open because... But what I mentioned previously, there will be a certain knowledge and experience that you will lose after you build up. For example, when I moved from engineering to 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 data science, right, the core engineering works, right, I will have to forfeit that because it won't be much use over here. Then in terms of certification, there are a lot of uh, online websites that you can use, yeah, Udemy. The courses are cheap. It's maybe like 20 to 40 ringgit per course, right, for you to get fully, fully run on. There are a lot of good uh, good Udemy courses, Coursera courses, that will be most likely enough for you. But mostly, I will keep on stressing again, um, the ability for you to, to take up the course, if you could complete it and then create a GitHub and then display your work, that will be the best. I, I'm quite sure that if you can get all of this done, you definitely will ace that kind of interview because as far as I know, out of 10 candidates, I think only two provides me their GitHub. The rest of it are just boring CV notes, right? Saying that they are good at Python, they they can do uh, K-means clustering model, this model, that model, right? But I will not be able to verify any of it through that 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 sheet of CV, right? I would not be able to do so. So having a GitHub, going through the Udemy course or Coursera course, I think that will get get you good enough, good enough to to be ahead of a lot of people. Everybody, take note. So the next question we have are from Joshua. So uh, Joshua is asking, how do you train yourself in seeing the data in other point of view in order for you to get the right answer from the data set? Because you know, answers could, could vary to the questions based on the data we have, but how do you conclude and confirm that your finding is actually the best answers and practices for the business? Okay, so 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 maybe I'll break down the question to a few parts, right? Uh, first part we are talking about uh, looking things at the different perspective, right? So that one is something that I usually train, or maybe I already ingrain myself. Normally, when I look at one problem, I look at two perspectives: the the one that requests the problem and the one that is facing that problem. 
always look at your issues from two perspectives. I agree that th- things will get, will get conflicted between a user and the one that reports the problem. But do look at it. Put yourself on the third person. Usually, what I do is whatever I do or whatever I'm trying to display, I always view it at a th- third person perspective. What do I see myself when I ask this question? What kind of answers am I going to expect? Then turn it the other way around. If I am the user reporting that kind of problem, right? What is my expectation of this person giving me the answer, right? So always look at. There are definitely two sides of a coin that is confirmed for everything that happened. There is always two sides. If you are fixed on one side, take a pause, go from a different perspective, right? And then view it from there. I know it's very hard for 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 you guys to imagine, right? But just imagine that you're playing a, a, a role-playing game, right? You go in with a role. I say, you're now I'm going in a role as a data scientist. I was given this business problem. After I answer this, I must switch my role as a user itself. Upon receiving this answer from a data scientist, what is my feeling? Right? Look at, it, look at things from multiple perspectives. Right? And then uh, talking about uh, how do you construct your thought process? So... Constructing thought process throughout the way, right? There's a lot of ways you can do it. Uh, right now, there's a lot of tools to even help you do your thought process. Some people like to use mind mapping, right? They, they visualize their, their thought process using mind map. There are a lot of websites right now that provide free mind mapping tools for you. Or not, you can stick on to the traditional old, old, old way, right? Like me, I draw. I draw a lot. So that is one way of, of uh, putting your, uh, constructing your, your, your thought process. That is one way, uh. For me, at least it works for me. All right, thank you. Uh, so next we have a question from Abdul Rahim. Uh, he would like to know which one uh have more demand, data scientists or data analysis? I would say that both is actually hand in hand. Data scientists cannot function without uh, sorry, data and sorry, I thought you were talking data engineering. So data scientists and data analytics, uh. I would say that data scientists definitely have more demand because data scientists you need to have a uh, much more what's the right much more intricate skills. For example, you need to be better in your statistics. You need to, you need to have your Python machine learning understanding and everything. So in terms of demand, uh, data scientists definitely have more because there's very little data scientists now in this world. For the time being, I know that a lot of you guys are graduating <laughs> under data science, but. For the past three years, I've been hiring. Getting a, getting data scientists fill up is one of the very very difficult challenge. Oh wow! Okay, we have another questions regarding data scientists. Uh, so Fitri is currently transitioning to become a data scientist with a science degree, just like what you did in the past. So his question is, uh, how long did it take you? Uh, how long did it take you to transition, uh, to become a data scientist, and how hard was it? for you okay so let me just talk about the duration right the duration took me about six months because i come from an engineering background so the programming was it was in a different language wasn't that hard because i was programming in c moving to python is a bit difficult but uh, still bearable right that took about six months i will get six months is good enough already if you have put in a lot of effort and time to do it because that's why i mentioned uh learning that language you need to practice Similar like how I learned my Mandarin. Right? I just learned how to speak Mandarin a couple years back, right? Because I don't speak Mandarin. Then it took a lot of effort, right? a lot of time, a lot of effort. It took me five years to, to start to speak Mandarin, right? So to, to, for me to write in Python script, 
uh, I think about six months to a year of really rigorously practicing. Then how hard is it? Um, I'll say it's not say very hard. It doesn't take rocket science or a PhD for you to do it. It just takes a lot of effort, a lot of hard. Right, like still go back learning linguistic. Right, if you learn a, a a different linguistic language, you just need to be. Uh, we all say uh, your skin need to be thick a bit because people will laugh at you, right? For a linguistic similar like learning a Python programming or any kind of programming, you will make a lot of mistakes. You will get frustrated, but the most important is you don't give up. Eventually, you will get that because everyone, I believe, I can guarantee everyone that takes this transition, whether you're taking it for the first time, taking a, that programming language, or changing from C to Python, everyone goes through that process. You will have a lot of errors, right? You will fail a lot. But that's what makes you grow. The faster you fail, the faster you grow and the faster you can transit. I hope I answer your question, Petri. <laughs> okay, so Farid uh, would like to know uh, what are some of the top qualities that recruiters uh, sought for uh, from potential talent, especially those from non-IT related fields. Mm, I think I covered the 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 top skill sets, right? Like I think one of the things I never mentioned very clearly, like is actually for your tech, non-technical skill will be your ability to tell a story through your data. That is very, very important because majority of a data scientist, when you present, you normally present to business, especially in a bank, you present it to a non-technical person. So uh, the art of storytelling is very important, especially with your data. That is very, very important. Uh, besides that, the others, even for me, when I look at when I hire, I think I look for the, the, I would call it that flame. When you talk to someone, you can see that that flame and the desire whether the person is going to be committed or not. To me, that is also an important skill set to have. Besides the technical one, like when the technical one I can't run away, right? Python, SAS, R, or machine learning and things like that. I think this, those will be the key, key common ones. Uh. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, what sort of projects that you look in a GitHub project? Mm, I think loading up to GitHub project, it can be anything. Uh, you can also take example from Kaggle website right, on past competition. Like for example, attrition model, uh, segmentation model, propensity model, uh, things like that. that, that how to say uh, If you're going to write, and to me, the simple part is if you're going to write that in your CV that you know, like for example, k-means clustering or some neural networks, Put it up on your on your uh, GitHub so that people can see what the what you say is true or not, right? Definitely, I would say that if you ask me what to put in, put in whatever that your CV says. Yep. Okay. Uh, moving on, we have a few more questions left. Uh, so Zarina is wondering, what is the most stressful moment working as a data scientist? Would it be cleaning data? Uh, most stressful, I think most stressful normally you will be racing against time, right? Um, how do you call it? Because um, normally under RHP Agile way of working, everything runs in a sprint. One sprint is two weeks. Means within the two weeks, you need to deliver something. So to me, the most stressful one will be time where you need to deliver projects within timeline or deliver key milestones. Of course, uh, fail to me failing or, or failing to model something or failing to get a, a very accurate model to me is if, if you are doing it as in a data scientist for quite some time right you will know it's very common you will not be able to get 100% 100% 80% or 70% or 90% accuracy every time that you build a model 
right? It takes a lot of uh, exploration and understanding of your data. So to be fair, I mean, yeah, stress. I think to me, stress is always an option. It's a good motivator, but it's always an option because no matter how stressed you are, you still need to deliver that work. So my mantra is, uh, it's an option, right? Stress, just you either face it or you just move along with it. Okay, moving on. Let me pick the, the correct question to ask. Okay, uh, this is probably a good one. A question from Wong Jin Chong. Uh, why is it so hard to find entry-level data scientist jobs? Is it because you know most employees that want to hire fresh graduates for this kind of position? Uh, not really. I think I think this one this problem stems with me maybe thirteen years ago when I started to join as engineer, right? Where everyone expected uh, three years working experience, right? But you are a fresh grad. So I think it happens to every single field, every single time everyone graduates. But if I'm not wrong, uh, especially in RHB, there are talent, uh, sorry, uh, graduate programs under RHB that we encourage fresh grad to take up. We have our general management associate and also now we have our graduate analy analytics program. The graduate analytics program that I mentioned are things that most likely focusing on analytics. I think other organizations or other banks also have their own management program. I'm sure that if maybe now no longer have uh, actual career fair, if you go on a normal career fair pre-COVID, you see a lot of, of organizations hiring management associates. So maybe uh, to, to Wong, right, if you're looking for an entry-level data scientist, maybe you want to start by entering their uh, management training program. I think different organizations call it different way. Uh, in RHB, we call it a graduate analytics program. You can take a look from there. There is maybe the, the, the right keyword is uh, because everyone wants data scientists to come in and then, uh, how to say, work their magic directly. But we know that, uh, how do you call it, there are very scarce level of data scientists, especially as fresh grad. I think the last fresh grad, the first fresh grad I heard was almost a year ago for, for data science, especially here. So I hope I answer your question more. Okay, the next question, we have another one from Wong Kian Yuan. So he would like to know, can data engineers skill or experience transfer to data science as, you know, their job scopes are quite different? Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of transferring, I would say that the core, uh, especially the ETL part, uh, is something that you can transfer. The Because, uh, how to say, data scientists need to extract data, clean data, and transform data. That is something that data scientists must and should do. I know there are organizations that they, they so-called let this kind of job handle by data engineer. But as a data scientist, I think that this fundamental skills is definitely a must have. So in terms of uh, skills and experience can be transferred, I would say not, and of course not all, but the key uh, ETL portion or the transformation portion, uh, definitely you can transfer that one. Definitely that one, definitely. Because even I myself as a data scientist, I still struggle to, to get my own data, right? To go and clean my own data. Right. So yeah. Okay. Next question would be from Kuloshini. So um, she would like to know, as someone from a marketing background, can you still find a marketing-related job in the banking industry? Banking. I think I think bank. If I'm not wrong, I think this is a bit not my purview to answer. But yeah, there there are marketing departments in the bank. I've been working and still working on a daily basis. Right. There are marketing departments in the bank. Right. In terms of using data in the market, data analytics and in the marketing, yes, definitely. 
there's a lot of models right now is running uh, in order to capture human behavior, like what kind of ads should we given to you? Uh, I put an example, if you open your Spotify and Netflix, right? Uh, there, 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 there is a model running behind to, sh to recommend movies to you. Sim similar go with banking apps, right? And also any kind of website you go, you go in a specific website, they will recommend you uh, certain products to buy. And that is based on your your user behavior from your cookies. And also that's a model running it to, to generate a recommendation engine. So yeah, there is a lot of potential in marketing for data science. Okay, now we're finally down to the final question uh, from Abdul Rahim. So what advice uh, can you give or would you like to give for aspiring data science graduate that don't have chosen domain knowledge? Mm, if you ask me for my take, uh, if you if you are considering to join, take that leap of faith. I bet you you won't regret it. Uh, to me, this is one of the biggest turn, cornerstone or turning point of my life, right? Which I changed. We have never regretted it, right? It's after you take after you take that leap, right? What is the biggest advice? Uh, stay, be very curious. Curious on how things work, how where data are stored, because your job. Yes, a data scientist is to, to derive new insights and your insights will normally conflict with what uh, the business people or the stakeholders will understand because to them, one plus one is two. But when you present your data, you need to find a way to, to explain to them why one plus one is three. That's where you come in, right? You show them new, new ways of looking at things, a different perspective, and you need your expertise and data and, and data to go and uh, explain and support your proof. Up. But that is something that an advice I would give up and most finally uh, don't give up there, a lot of people give up in the programming side I know personally I've seen a lot of them right but to me uh, perseverance uh, perseverance and patience is important just don't give up you will reach there eventually okay thank you so much Nick. so before we sum up the session would you like to give uh, words of advice for our viewers does it need to be in data science specifically? Could be general, career related, maybe. Um, but I, I, I pick up a question. Um, maybe it's uh, regarding salary range. Putri, do you want to take it up, or or is there something that we need to avoid? <laughs> um. Hello. Hi. Uh. Okay. So in terms. Uh. Wait. Let me just. So in terms of uh, salary, so um, for fresh graduates, it depends um, because we have like those who are with like skills, for example, like technical and digital. So but uh, what I can say is the starting is uh, can be two six uh, or, or up to three thousand. Yeah. For the fresh graduates with no experience. Yeah. But down the line, if let's say you are hired for our IT digital analytics, it can go up to three thousand five. Yeah. Okay. So I hope yeah, I covered the So I think words of advice for the final one. Um, I would say stay hungry. Be very hungry of knowledge as the data science field keep on evolving, right? There is new models being generated, new techniques coming up. So be hungry. Uh second part, um be creative, be curious, right? I feel I, I realize that there are a lot of data scientists tend to take the safe way out, right? We will try to, for example, not challenge the norm. But to me, as data scientists, we were born to challenge the norm. 
right? You will need to change because what I feel, uh, especially you are just a data scientist at any kind of organization, your role is to create impact, large impact, right? Through data that maybe the business or the stakeholder doesn't see or even the CEO doesn't see, right? So through data science, uh, you we all can be able to uncover that whether is it a, a customer behavior, a new customer behavior, or new segment of customer that we the bank or the organization is not concentrating. These are all uh, important. So be creative, be hung, be hungry to to go a hunger for data, and finally, uh, like what I said, don't give up. Take that leap of faith. Right, just go. I bet you it's gonna be an interesting journey. Okay, uh, thank you so much, Nick, for such a very informative session. So I guess that summarizes um, our session for this evening. And I'm sure everyone watching has learned a lot about data science and data analytics field, including myself. And we hope to have you again in our future webinars, Nick. So to the audience, uh, if you're looking for career opportunities in the banking industry or like our topic are uh, the data science uh, and data analytics field, be sure to visit RHB's virtual booth to connect with your representative to find out more about the job vacancies available at the bank. And of course, don't forget to vote for RHB as Malaysia's most preferred employers for the Gradon Brand Awards at brand-awards.gradon.com or the RHB's virtual booth.